Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to kick off the show is author Amy Daughter. She's going to talk about her book, Dear Dana, That Time I Went Crazy and Wrote All 580 of My Facebook Friends, A Handwritten Letter. I can't wait to speak with her. She's here with us now. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. I was so intrigued by your book. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for reading it and for having me on. Well, <laughs> the cover alone, that time I went crazy and wrote to all 580 of my Facebook friends, share with us, you know, the backstory behind this. Well, I, I uh, like we all do, I was on Facebook and uh, reconnected with a bunch of my old friends. Um, and I had an old friend I had met at camp or something. Oop, you're breaking up a little bit. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you, you had an old friend that you reconnected with from, go ahead. Yeah, from a summer camp I had worked at. We hadn't had any contact in 30 years. Um, I'd always had her name in my head. Her name was Dana, hence the title of the book. Um, we reconnected. I found out her youngest son, youngest child, had cancer. And I, so I got inspired and involved by sending them letters. They were at St. Jude in Memphis. Okay, um, yeah. You know, he he. Uh, I wrote to the two of them for a while. Then he passed away at age fifteen, mm. um, tragically. So uh, and I didn't know what to do. I was like, "What do I do next?" So I just thought, "I'll just keep writing her." So I wrote her for probably four months, five, six months, and then she wrote me back. We became pen pals, and it just was a profound relationship because we weren't, we didn't have any electronic communication. We began to share feelings, and as our feelings crossed in the mail. We didn't know who was reading what. We really didn't know anything about each other. And this safe space got created sure. for both of us. And it was, I mean, the only word for it really is profound. And it was so, I just sat back after about six months and thought, you know what, if this kind of, this kind of rich experience can happen from this one random, literally like Facebook friend, yes. then what, what else is out there? And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? And I really don't even think I took myself seriously. Like, I'm not really going to do it, but I think I am. Yeah. I'm going to write everyone a handwritten letter. And that's what I ended up doing. And, uh, and, and that's how, you know, it's kind of those two narratives are woven together in the book. Well, and what's so interesting, Amy, is letter writing is a lost art. I mean, this is what we did at camp, right? right. We, well, yeah, I used to write, like, postcards with, like, three words. But, but you know, if I was writing to my grandmother, it would be a little longer. But, but, yes, it's a lost art. People don't all the time write thank you notes or letters to check in or share things. It just doesn't happen. Right. Right, and you know, when people receive letters, I did not expect at all, because of what you're saying, because it is a lost art, and you think about it, if you get a letter from somebody in the mail in 2020, 2022, that's going to be a momentous occasion, whether you used to write letters or not, and everybody I wrote a letter to, I said, hey, I'm writing all 580 of my Facebook friends a letter, that was always the first paragraph, kind of explaining the project, but so many people were just blown away by being treated like an individual, you know, in our world of social media, which is a lot of upsides to social media, clearly. Yes. And, I, and that there would be, without Facebook, there would have been no Dear Dana. There would have been no connection with Dana. There would have been no Facebook letter. So I think it's important not to just take social media and beat it up. But right. over and over again, people were just like, oh, my God, you picked me. I got a letter. And it was, uh. their initial reaction was so strong. And then they shared. These people shared so much with me. It was it really was, and still is, kind of, there's an element of shock to it for me. It was just so, the way it was received, and I think it doesn't have anything to do with my writing or me. It's just the act of writing a letter. Right. And you can get so creative. I mean, you can, 
you know, be as detailed as you want to be. Right, right, exactly. And you, I mean, I, I, there were several things that happened because of writing the letters. First of all, you know, when I was trying to figure out what to say, you know, I kind of stalked people's pages and took a much harder <laughs> look at people. You know, because yeah. you look and you see people in your news feed and you kind of know and you do a lot of assuming and you think you remember what, what they used to do. So first of all, you're like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm connected to all these amazing people. You know, the foster right. parents, you know, somebody who went to Princeton, you know, they're not just famous people, just people doing amazing things in their life that you didn't really understand. And so, and then you realize all these people kind of fit into my story. And so you got really grateful because when you were trying to figure out something to say, I ended up a lot of times saying, hey, you remember when we were in like seventh grade and we were dorks and band? But you were my friend and thanks for that. Or when I was in high school and I was struggling and you sat next to me every day at lunch. We weren't best friends, but that really made a difference. And saying those things, I just started to feel you felt more more fortunate and grateful for the people in your life and, and then the people you're doing life with. You kind of looked around and was like, this is a special time because this is the time I'm with these people. Yes. And, and yeah. so it was, you know, it had a profound, I mean, I keep using the word profound, but the impact on me was life-changing. Sure, because you have your own memories, and they have their own stories that they remember about you. Were there things that people shared about you that you completely forgot about? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, because especially when you got past, you know, when, when, I, when I reached out, and then, you know, when people reached out, and there was a couple people, went, it went more than two letters. And that's what, like you said, there was a lot of freedom in that, and so people shared more. And people told me things about myself, mostly good, not really negative, but things, just observations that I didn't see about myself or in a relationship I was in. There was a letter in there mm-hmm. uh, in the book that references a girl who I worked with at camp. It was beautiful and kind of had it all together, and I was kind of intimidated by her. And she beautifully, honestly, wrote me back and said, I always thought you didn't like me. But it was, wait, wait, was, wait, you broke up a little. She always thought you didn't like her? Right, and, and that was kind of hard for me to hear, but she was sensing the fact that I was intimidated by her, yeah. and she took that as I didn't like her, and I thought that was a life-changing observation, Yes, because it's about perceptions. Right. Yeah, well, and plus when we're younger, come on, I mean, people used to think, like, I was stuck up, but I was really shy and quiet. I was, I was very introverted when I was younger. Right, it, and now you're doing a, a radio show. Which is funny, but it, <laughs> it, it, but but those perceptions, and there was a lot of that, and there was so much of it because we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of letters. You know, it was that's why I I looked at myself differently afterwards. I looked at everyone differently afterwards, and and just this you know intense sharing about people were in their life now, just observations about social media, and I love about the book all these different voices, including Dana's, mm-hmm. who talks about her grief very bravely, and I think the power of the book is. All the stories fine, not so much my writing or observations, you know. And it's relatable because we can all think about what it would be to write everybody a letter. Definitely. I'm going to jump in. So if you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with Amy Daughters about her book, Dear Dana. That time I went crazy and wrote all 580 of my Facebook friends, a handwritten letter. At what point did you decide to write this? Was this at the beginning of the pandemic? You know, at what point? I finished the letters in April of 2017, when I wrote the last Facebook letter, I kind of knew I had, I sat down and wrote like four chapters of what this book became, because I knew I had some special, it was story that there was so much hope in it, I won't. Wait, you're breaking, wait, you're breaking up a little bit. Um, Are you, you're not walking around, right? You're just in one spot? Yeah, I'm sorry, we're really breaking up, aren't we? Yeah. Um, 
just try to maybe here just say something. Are you are you walking? Or are you in one spot? I'm in one spot. One spot. Okay. All right. Let's I, go ahead. Okay. Well, I I uh, That's you know, I wrote the, the first draft right after I finished the last letter, and it was so big and huge. I I had a story editor help me whittle it down during the pandemic. I wrote the second draft that featured the 52 Facebook letters, and then Dana's story kind of melded together. Amazing. And I, were people kind of, um, were they responsive at first or were they hesitant to, to write to you? No, they were, most of them were immediately, you know, there was a lot of stories about people like, oh, I meant to write you, I meant to write you, just like we all do in our normal life, you right. know, and I got letters a year after I wrote people, I got letters four years after I wrote Four people. years? <laughs> they wrote you, you four years back after you wrote them the initial letter? Right, when the book came out or when the book was announced, it was to be published, and, you know, all the people knew that they were part of the story. I got probably 10 letters in the last three months, or the last month since the book came out. Oh, okay. Because I think, they're like, oh, my God, I never wrote you back, and they feel bad, and I'm like, oh, my God, don't worry about it, because I couldn't even keep up with all the responses. Sure. You know? Yeah. 580, that's quite a few. <laughs> right. Yes, ma'am. Yes, it is. Now, do you have more than 580 now, as far as Facebook friends? <laughs> Yeah, I have over 900, and that's a, that's a question that people have asked me. And, I, you know, I kind of feel bad about that, but there had to be a cutoff. Yeah. Because there was just a level of, I stopped accepting friends within the last probably four months of the project, so I just couldn't. I was exhausted. Oh, I can imagine. And did you feel that this provided you a surprising sense of connection because people were so disconnected? Like, with their letters, you were just so excited that they wrote you back? Oh, absolutely. I mean, people who you know, who were dear to me 15, 20 years ago. And just the best letters were, you know, you, you referenced us writing letters in camp. And, you know, a lot of times you would have a friend who would write you, who was a, a prolific writer and write you a, a five-page letter kind of updating on your life. And I got a lot of that from good friends. And it was so refreshing because it was just like stepping back in time and then just reading, you know, their words and their handwriting about their life. And it just connected me to all these people in a way that I couldn't have ever been connected them otherwise. I don't have my copy with me here in the studio, but do you have a copy nearby? Yes, I do. Would you want to read one of your letters, a short one or a few short ones? Totally up to you. Okay. I'm gonna, you want me to just, this is a very short chapter. Is that okay to read? Yeah, that's fine. Just give us maybe the title and anything you want to okay. share. Okay. Okay. This is letter number 10, which was, you know, everyone in the book is identified by their letter number. Okay. And, uh, and I'll just read straight from the chapter. Letter number 10 was to a guy I'd known and loved in high school but hadn't spoken to since. I knew from his post that we didn't share the same political views. I was more on the conservative spectrum, especially fiscally, while he was more liberal. Given that I wrote to him before the 2016 presidential election cycle, the gap between our approaches was even more distinct. We also had different lifestyles. I was a married, stay-at-home, heterosexual mom and part-time writer in suburban Ohio. He was a single, homosexual man with a full-time career living in a metropolitan area of Southern California. Here's what love, not me or my words, did to shrink the differences between us. Mm -hmm. August 10th, 2015. First, let me say that I remember you fondly. I mean that from KOHS. I admit that my memories of high school are not the greatest. Sure, there was good stuff, but I wasted a lot of it feeling insecure and like I didn't fit in. Then there was you. I remember eating lunch with you and how friendly and funny you were. Maybe we weren't best friends, but you definitely made things better for me. Next up, I've always wanted to tell you, 
and again, I mean this wholeheartedly, that I respect your posts, commentaries, and shares on Facebook. So I might not agree 100% with everything you put out there. I respect it and the level of intelligence that you offer with each item. I also think you are incredibly brave to stick to your beliefs, especially given our shared experience in the rigid box of a suburban Texan upbringing. Honestly, I find myself wanting more and more to bust out of said box, establishing my own set of beliefs and standards that can't be labeled by a religious or political party. Overall, thanks for keeping it real. Letter number 10 was the first time I signed off with your friend in real life. I, re- I would repeat this edition under my signature and almost all of the 570 letters I had left to write. Two weeks after I wrote him, the recipient of letter number 10 sent me a response via Facebook Messenger, August, two- August 24, 2015. Reading your letter made me feel good about my life, what I've done, what I'm doing, and what I still have left to do. This was another pivotal moment early in the project. Reaching across the proverbial aisle and being honest with someone I didn't have a lot of obvious connection points with elicited what might have been the greatest response in the entire endeavor. The recurring recurring theme that letter number 10 illustrated was that other people's words, in response to my own words, were going to change me more than I could have ever imagined. I didn't set out to transform anyone's heart, including my own, by writing the letters. I simply acted on what I felt driven to do. This lack of intention made the results, especially those that manifested into my own feelings, seem almost magical. Wow. You must have been so overwhelmed getting these letters nonstop. Oh, it, it was. And I, and I, you know, I sensed the entire time that I was, this was very special. This was a very special part of my life. But I vacillated between being exhausted physically and emotionally you know, and then the expectations, I was like, oh, my God, i got to answer these people. And then, then I knew people, once the project became public, then I knew these other people were waiting for their letters. <laughs> but mm. so, but I, I don't know. There was something in me that was just so determined to finish. I think it was just momentum. And that it was almost like a destiny, you know, like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Because I look back, and I can't believe that it, that it actually, like, the whole thing finished at Letter 580, you know, right. as I never really thought it would. Unbelievable. I mean, it really makes you look at the pros and cons of social media. Correct. Correct. And I think I said, like, at the beginning of the call, you know, there's so many, it's hard just to say it's absolutely the worst thing that ever happened. I do think it has horrible ramifications for us as, you know, in interpersonal communications. But, But it allows us a jump off point where we can connect. And I think that's important to keep in mind that we can be in real relationships with these people, but by itself, it's it, it, you know it's not something that's real relationship. If that makes sense, yes, definitely. And it reminds me; it really always reminds me of going to camp because you don't get this instantaneous communication. You have to wait, and then you get so excited to open the letters. Right, right. No, you're right in the time. I mean, I think too that when let's say you and I are writing back and forth. You know, since I'm not, I don't know when you're going to respond, and you don't, I don't know when you're going to read, read my letter. All of a sudden, we have this freedom between us, like this space where we can say whatever we want to because we're not worried. We worry a lot. I don't know if we worry, but we are, I think we're burdened with this sense of we know when people are going to react. So if they don't, that gets in our, that gets in our psyche somehow, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And that, and that's isolating because we don't feel like an individual anymore. And I think that's why this, this project, the Facebook project, was so po- powerful. Because there's nothing more deliberate than having to write something with your own hand, 
stick it in an envelope, and you think about it, you've got to find the address, put a stamp on it, and then drive somewhere and mail it. When someone receives that, they're like, oh, my God, I'm special. I matter as a human being. And I didn't anticipate that. That was not my intention at all. That's important to point out because it's not, this is not me. I'm a great person. This is like, this is what happens when this act happens. Right. Over and over again. Yeah. It's like, remember when you were camping, you used to get care packages, how you felt? Oh, my gosh. That's like winning a lottery. Oh, I can remember distinctly what was in mine when my grandmother would send me one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm sending my youngest son off to camp on Sunday and I was just reading through the whole mail. Here's what you can mail. Because that, all that's changed. You no, know, here's what you can't mail. But I thought about those same memories that I had. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Do you think you'll write another book? I hope to. I mean, you know, you know it's, it's, it's an exhausting process, not just writing the book, but then the whole getting it out and marketing it and all that kind of thing. But I, I absolutely hope I have another book in me. I have kind of an idea of humorous historical fiction. I would like to do that, but I'm so committed to getting this story out into the world. Not, of course, I want to sell books. I mean, I'm a, you know, basically a small business person, but this story is so special and relatable and so full of hope because all these differences we, we, we feel like that separate us, like in the letter I just read, they start to just fade away when we realize that, you know, when one person connects to the other in goodwill, the other person, you know, reaches back out, that a lot of that starts to disappear because, the, you know, I think the hope we're looking for is in our connections. And that's why I'm so compelled to share this story with as many people as I can. And I, that's why I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about it today. Absolutely. Well, one thing that was very clear to me is that we all feel very disconnected through, through everything, through the pandemic, through, you know, technology. And you really humanized this and brought back, as I said, the art of letter writing. And people open up very differently in a letter than they do in a text or a message on Facebook. So I think you really lit people up. It, it really shows that you have if all these people wrote back. Yeah, it's, it's super inspiring. And I, you know, what we, we've, you know, been out and done a few book signings and we've given everybody a card at those events and said, you know, it's a little note card and said, you know, your homework is to go out and write one person a letter. So that's why I w- would encourage people to do just, just do one and see, see what happens. No one needs to go write 600 letters. That's, you know, my, my hands will never get over it. I mean, but that individual act, and I think it's just as powerful for you as the sender as it is for the recipient, you know, and just right. drop it in the mailbox to see what happens. Exactly. Where can people find out more about you? Well, you can go to my website on uh, com, And, uh, I mean, that's the best source, probably. I do, I do college football writing on the side. That's really my main gig. I'm just doing that's that on cool. the side through the books here. But, but yeah, that's the main site, and the, and the book is available everywhere. And, again, I, 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 I promote it wholeheartedly because I think it's a story that's inspiring and full of hope. That's fantastic. I want to thank you so much, and congratulations. It's no easy task publishing a book. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I believe you're an author as well, aren't you? I am. I am. Yeah, it's, well, you, uh, you, know, you, you know well, because I think you have two books, don't you? I'm working on my second. Oh, well, congratulations to you then, and thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Well, I know it's, it's this, you know, duct tape yourself to the, to the chair. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it is. Because it's so hard. It's like, oh, I have laundry or, oh, I'm kind of hungry. And, and it's, you just have to, you know, get, get going and find your zone. And when you get in that zone, that's a great thing. Yeah, when you get on that roll, you just have to ride it. And then, yeah. and then, because when you do get in that mode of 
okay, this is it, I can do it, then you just have to roll with it. But that's, it's hard even to get in that spot, and, and we're so distracted. There's so much going on in our world right now yeah. that it, it's hard to take your eyes off all of that. Oh, I know. I wrote my first book in the library locally here. Oh, yeah. well, that's a, great, that's a great place to write a book, yeah. It was. Sometimes people would come up and talk to me, people I didn't know, and just randomly. And then I just figured out, okay, just put music on with no lyrics. That seemed to work for me. And, um, that's me. That's me. I have a playlist with no lyrics. Okay, that was the last question I forgot to ask is, uh, what advice would you give to writers that, you know, they can't seem to get going and they need a little push? Well, I would say... I mean, the music helps me. I like to take a walk or a drive. That helps me with the music, you know. And I, I, would, I would say, I don't know, I think the hard thing is you have to respect your own process. Like if you write an outline or you want to write the last chapter first or the last paragraph first and the first, I think it, it, it's believe in yourself and validate yourself over and over again because I think the self-doubt is one of the biggest challenges in writing, you know. And just sit down and tell yourself, and believe that you are a writer, whether you've ever had anything published or not. And when you just do that and just let yourself go and let the words get on the page, that's when that's how, the only way you're going to get on a roll and really be able to write. Is just tell yourself, you know what, I'm a writer because I'm doing it. I'm an artist because I'm doing it. And the best moment is when I write the last word, not when someone reads it or buys the book or, or buys the article. Right. You know, because yeah. cause you really are an artist, and it's getting it out. And it, I think you just have to be super confident and tell yourself, hey, I'm a writer. You know, and you don't need anyone to validate that at all. That is great advice. I want to thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me on, and I apologize for my technical difficulties. Oh, you're fine. You're completely fine. All right. Let me know when your next project's up, and you'll come back on. Okay. I look forward to it. And again, thank you so much, sincerely, for having me on. My pleasure. Thank you, Amy. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Amy Daughters, and we were talking about her book, Dear Dana. You can find out more about it on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We're going to take a little break, and then my next guest is Robin Benoit. We're going to talk about her book, The 80-Year-Old Sorority Girls. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.